0: Okay, so uh, we are laning every morning the Parsha of the gifts that the nisim brought to the inauguration of the Mishkan. Hanukasa HaMizbeach. That makes sense? <clears throat> There's a very unique carbon that is brought right in the beginning. Before the Torah starts enumerating this the same carbon that every Nasi bring brought, uh, the Torah first says, "Vayaviu es carbonam lezne Hashem." Then they see him brought their sacrifice to Hashem. Six wagons. And twelve oxen, one wagon for two princes, and one axe per prince. Um, and, they, and they brought and they brought this sacrifice. And Hashem told Moshe, "Take it and use it for transporting the." tabernacle so there's uh five questions at least that can be asked on this first of all does anybody here have questions before you look at the page and you'll have questions difficulties with this Six wagons, oxen, and it was used daily? oh we didn't say about daily it
1: was used to transport the Sarah Borow, say it again. The
0: six oxen, um, we have 12 sorry, princes. 12. Each one's giving one ox. That makes sense. Prince is giving an ox. And then they go into teams, two princes together donating a wagon. Each wagon is pulled by two oxen, obviously. Wagon being pulled by two oxen. What's in the wagon? Nothing. So, what are you sacrificing? Oh, that's a great question. It's a very unusual sacrifice. Now, you could think, no, what they, I don't know, they, they sold the wagon, they chopped it up into wood, they used it to burn. No, no, no. These wagons were used indefinitely. And in fact, even the oxen were not sacrificed. They were used for transportation, to transport the tabernacle. Just, just to fill us in, whoever doesn't remember the Parsha, we have six wagons, two oxen per wagon, twelve, 12 oxen altogether. So six wagons are divided up. Four go to Bnei Merari, the, the family of the Levites who were in charge of transporting the, 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 the beams, the logs, the, the, the big pieces of wood, a skeleton, so to speak, of the Mishkan. Two of the wagons go to the um, B'nai Gershon, who were transporting the tapestries, the, all the curtains, all the um, hides and things like that. And then the Bnei Kahas who were in charge of transporting the actual vessels, they got no wagons. Why? The Torah says because they carry things on their shoulders. They carry the vessels on their shoulders. Which sounds like a little bit of a cyclical reasoning. Well, if you were getting the wagons, they wouldn't have to like, transport. <laughs> <laughs> right? Any Any ideas about that one, by the way? They're so strong, you don't need to. Then. Oh, but it, doesn't say that. it doesn't say they're so strong. It says because they're. What? Right. So the ways that they're supposed to transport on their shoulders. So therefore, they don't get they don't get wagons. Okay, good. So those are the, that's the division. But the obvious question is, why are these being called a carbon? Why are they being called a sacrifice? When, seemingly, these are not a sacrifice. Wait, so these are, are they carrying the portable mishkan at this point? When they would be transporting, yeah, yeah, mishkan. Okay. So that's, that's one question, being that it's not uh, ever going on the altar, be, uh, so how is keeping be call the sacrifice? Anyone else? The Torah lists each wagon twice. I always thought it was interesting that the princes you're talking about, this is a prince of an entire tribe tribes forty thousand people right like there's a concept we have uh, the gimors a number of times in a place of wealth there's no poverty so like you know if we're having to scrape together some money to i don't know the, we need uh, the, the coal needs a coffee station coffee station is pretty expensive to install so we might need three guys to pitch together to pay for a coffee station right but here you're talking about a prince of an entire Shavit. Right? He, he's the head of, of 40,000 uh, households. And they need to, two of them need to um, combine to contribute one, one wagon. You think they can, yeah, princes don't usually do that. Yeah, like, uh, just, you're rich enough, you give, you give your own thing. And here we have two of them are combining into one wagon. Yeah, this is, they brought their sacrifice. They all decided to pair up in twos? Yep. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. isn't this like Hashem talking to Moshe about this? No, no, no. No, in fact, the opposite. Uh, uh, they come, they come with the sacrifice, they bring it, and Hashem says to Moshe, take the sacrifice from them. And the midrash is midiach from this. The fact that Hashem had to tell Moshe to take the sacrifice implies that what? What? True. Certainly Hashem didn't command it. But even more so. Moshe was what? Moshe was was not going to accept it. Moshe was going to reject it. And, And Hashem says to Moshe, nonetheless, no, I want you to take it. So that is so. Additional questions: Why was Moshe going to reject it, and why does Hashem tell him to yes, take it? So we have a very strange sacrifice: wagons and oxen. We have this being split by two princes per wagon. We have motion. I want to accept it. Hashem telling him to yes, accept it. And then two more questions. First of all, the midrash says that. When Yosef finally sends to Yaakov the message that he's alive, that he's a viceroy of Egypt, Yaakov should come to him, he sends to him wagons. And and when Yaakov sees those wagons, his spirit becomes uh, becomes alive. He, he, he comes out of his depression that he's been in. Right? And the Midrash says, why is that? Because Yosef was sending him a message. The last sugya they've been learning, and it just shows you, right? So you gotta know what's the last sugya. You always have to be holding in the last sugya. Right? So ask a person, what, what are you learning? Because uh, you're not thinking about it in a way. Yosef, last sugya they were learning was about these agalas, these wagons, so the meter says. Okay? And Yosef, sent to Yaakov the message saying, I'm holding in the sugia of the agolus of the nisim of, of the princes. It's not like the Rashi and the It's a little bit of a different uh, gear. So the Midrash actually brings two different opinions. Uh, even of the Eglareuf, okay. right. right. But that, w- but this is even better because it's literally wagons. Uh, Here's wagons. So in, in any case, it's the same. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, good. So, and then finally, of course, why do we lay this on Hanukkah? What does it have to do with Hanukkah? How is this going to change our Hanukkah? Okay, those are the questions we want to try to address tonight. Um, So, first of all, to understand the agolus themselves, the wagons. um, Wagons are called agolus, and you want to... Very good. I was literally about to ask, what is the root of that word? Circle. Igul. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So, why are wagons called a gulls? Namely the wheels. Very good. Now, a yeah, person might say, uh, I don't know. Uh, it also has a, a flat part, a, you know, a, a rectangular bed, or whatever it is, right? But that would be silly. Right? Of course, the ikur of of a wagon is the is the circular is the circles, and that is because it completely changes the whole. You know, the, the the wheel was the. One of the greatest inventions man ever made, right? What's so great about the invention of the wheel? Why? Because the friction is less because you have such a small contact surface with the ground. The friction is very low. Right, and I guess it would be fence is easier to pull than a flat. Right. Oh, now to pull. The first pull of it is going to be, you know, to, to pull a wagon half an inch is not different than to pull a, just the thing on the ground half an inch. I mean, you hear what you're saying, but even more so, right, even more so is the fact that it's going to continue rolling afterwards. It continues rolling. <coughs> so much so that really if you could diminish the friction in, in, in the system, once you get it rolling, you'd have the first rule of uh, Newtonian physics, which is an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted upon by another object. So it means literally the, 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 the Agolus represent this Robo Shapiro's uh, insight over here. I should say that this year is pretty much based on Robo Shapiro's uh, uh, So uh, the Agolus, just like the heavenly bodies, right, is they all move in circles. And that's a symbol of perpetual movement. A circle is perpetual movement. So the Agalos over here are representing a system of nature where things go because they're going and without uh, seemingly any intervention from an outside force. Um, you yeah, know the, 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 the entire universe uh, Newton envisioned as a you know giant uh, billiard table, right? With just many little billiard balls flying around, and one bumps into the other and moves it. Moves it. Otherwise, yeah, everything is just going wherever it's going, and unless it's acted upon by something else, in which case it, you can. It's a very deterministic system where. If I know the location of, el- of every billiard ball and I will know the mass and the velocity of every billiard ball, and the direction which is traveling, then I can tell you exactly where every billiard ball will be in a thousand years from now on this table, if I know the location of every billiard ball. The, the billiard balls are acting upon another constantly. but but uh, it's all—it's all inside the system. It's all just moving by itself and perpetuating itself. Okay. Now the this concept is alluded to in the Balutrum. The Balutrum says that the reason for the six wagons is because how many constellations are there? Okay, I'm glad to know that none of you guys are idol worshippers, or star worshippers. <laughs> 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 no, sir, but no, it no, took you long enough that I know you're still not a star worshipper. That was correct. There are 12 constellations, but... Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> That's why the month... Yes. Okay, um, so the... <laughs> No, it's like the Chinese people they have all the so if you are, like, whatever. it's, not the Ch- I'm it's not Chinese Anyone who has the sky, right. look into yeah. the sky, <laughs> you see that there are twelve constellations okay. uh, in the I sky. Okay. Um so <laughs> so uh so the Baltour says, but the between the twelve constellations, so uh in the night sky you can only ever see six of them because six of them are in the night sky and six of them are in the day sky. So there's six and six as twelve, but you only ever and there's only ever six of them that are ruling. So it's like twelve oxen pulling six wagons. That's the that's the hint over here. Okay, and obviously the constellations moving around in in a circular way. That's the that's the that's the adult. Why should we expect that That's the, the Torah is telling us it shouldn't match the constellations? So especially after the idol <laughs> worship comes in. <laughs> well, I mean, the Baal says that this was the Remus 2. You're asking... That the Nesim brought this, that the carbon, that the Nesim was to allude, allude same same. to this. Now, why would they want to allude to that? Is that what you're asking? It's a great question. Why would the Nesim... Bring a carbon to Hashem, want to bring something that represents the of the constellations, which seemingly represent nature and a perpetual movement. So, well, I don't know, but they're giving, I mean, that would be a pretty high level of arrogance. Like, Hashem, I am in charge of all these constellations, I'm giving it to you. But, but what you mean to say is that they're recognizing Hashem's mastery over that. That's what you meant to say. Very good. Yeah. So, in in other words, they're saying we see a world of nature. We see a world where where there is laws of physics. We see that there's perpetuality. We see we see seemingly a deterministic world, and we want the Mishkan, the supernatural manifestation of Hashem, we want it being transported on top of these wagons. we want display that. We want that displayed on top of these wagons. and That's the carbon, that's the carbon to Hashem. That's the recognition of Hashem's mastery over this. Okay? um th- they seem were pretty big that's right now uh to emphasize this point of uh,
1: the the wagons
0: uh, bringing <coughs> d- defining nature defining things that seem to be Predetermined and uh, and without any intervention, without any um, Hashem's hashgacha over the world. Right? And there's no room for hashgacha in that. So similarly, on a human level, corresponding on a human level is we have two domains. Midaraisa, there are two domains in the world. There's ruchus harab and there's ruchus hayachid. The Public domain and the private domain. Uh, public domain uh, is something where there's no one in charge. Just happens whatever happens over there. The Yachid, the domain of the yachid, of the of the one, of the individual, <coughs> one who has free will to decide what happens over there. He decides what goes where, what moves where, and what can and cannot enter. That's uh, Roshu Sa So just like, of course, the Yechidu Shalolim, the only one of the whole the whole world is Hashem. So too, there is a someone made in in the image of God, and that is man. Man is a Yachid, and man has free will. I mean, the, the there's a number of ways in which we are similar to Hashem, but many before Hashem explain the. the the, the the central point of our similarity to Hashem is our free will. And just like Hashem is not bound by anything, so to we have free will, okay. and therefore we can earn our own Olma'bo, uh, etc. Those that are learning the are Hashem. Um, so, in fact, if we look in the Gemara Shabbos, we want to f- figure out what are the parameters of the rushu sa oh, sorry of the public domain so you look in perka Zorik and there the gemora learns it out from the agols from the wagons the wagons would travel two wagons side by side with a little bit of space between the the wheels and so you calculate all that out that gives you um, 16 amos wide that's the width of a public domain so and uh, the below the, the the underneath the agalos was a height of tentfach that gives you the height of the public domain is such so all these rules are learned out from the agalos. what's the connection of the agalos to the to the Rishus Arab? to the to the public domain so Answer is once we say a public domain means it's a world where, where no one's in charge. Everyone's everyone's doing their own their own thing, right? That represents the world of nature. That represents the uh, the movement of the of the agulis, the perpetual motion, just billiard balls flying around everywhere, and no free will. No no one in charge. No one deciding anything new. You know, I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction. There's no such thing. You're not deciding anything. You're just playing out the program in your head, right? That, uh, you're just a deep neuronal network that's just running the numbers. that has been trained since a young age, and that's, that's, uh, that's what you are. Yeah. That's what one might think. Then there's a No. You're a balbahira. You're able to. You, you, you're you made in the image of God. And <inaudible> Rosh Husayachid, unlike Rosh Husayachid, which goes up until 10th Vachim, Rosh Husayachid, you do know how tall it is?
1: How high does it go up?
0: What? Old Adler Akiah. Very good. Very good, Bensi. Okay. So that is. What the agals represent. So the prince are saying, we want on top of the wagons, on top of the Rosh Hussein, we want the Mishkin traveling on top of that. Now, why did the in motion not want to accept such a beautiful carbon? So, is it the same with the. So you can find the union action in the name of the third group people the electric part uh kahas. Things, yeah cajas cajas yeah that they carry it on their shoulders. Right. So well, like more been, of a uh, getting out for you to carry on your shoulder. Not only is it more of a scooter the perfect connection you're making incredible is that when you carry something on your shoulder, is there any perpetual motion? The next part is gonna be the no it's every step to you have to do it right is no such thing as just building up momentum and the thing just goes. Every step Every step, you have to decide to lift that one foot, put it down in front of you. So that's that's the concept of a yachid. In other words, there we're saying that 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 level of holiness of the vessels can only be manifest on a yachid, can only be manifest on a balbakhirah,
1: can only be manifest
0: not on the agal, it cannot be manifest on the agals, on the wagons. Okay. So Moshe Rabbeinu thought, no, the Mishkan, the entire Mishkan has to be carried like that, by the Levim. So Hashem intervened and said, accept their, accept their carbon, take their carbon, but, in a limited fashion, we're going to make it, we're going to make a compromise. Some of it, is relevant to riding on top of nature. Some of it is completely beyond. <coughs> and which which part is the one that's riding on the wagons? The externality of the Mishkan, the beams and the and the tapestries. That's what makes up the 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 Gidim ve'atzamos to sachehini. So for so there, so this is man is described as being as being covered with um, bones and uh, and and flesh, flesh and bones, right? So gideon So so to too the mishkan has its bones as they crush him, and has the the tapestries as the as the Gidim, that's the the covering, that's the flesh. Necessary. right? And inside of that is the what? That's the life source. That's the person himself, that's the as the vital organs, that's the that's the caleb. That's the actual vessels. Right? So the externality of the Mishkin can be carried on the Agulus, but not the internality. That has to be that can only be revealed on a on a or in the Rosh the when the Mishkan is assembled. Okay. Now, why is this uh, so important? Because we know it's an incredible story that uh, when David was transporting the Aaron Hakadosh to Yerushalayim to set it up over there. It made a very big mistake. You know what the mistake was? What? No. Close. But if it were with the shoulders, that would have been good. It was on the wagon. Thought it was transporting the iron on the wagon. And as a result of that, so that yeah. in the oh, that's a very good question. Yehor says that even even children in in, in Hader know that that's not what you do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so from what we just said, it's a P'sukim. Children in Hader learn Mikra. They just learn the P'sukim. They, they learn what it says in the Torah, black and white. So it says black and white that the Caleb are carried by the by the Echahas. So how did David make such a mistake? That's that's the question of the mutuals. Is chance. It a cali- <coughs> considered a ceremonial or the arm is considered a cane? Cali-? Of course. So it has the staffs, right? you carry it on the shoulders. You know, um, I guess it has a status anyway. Okay. So, um, so, and and as a result of that, the wagon hit a rock. The iron started tilting and Dovid's close friend Uza stuck on his hands to praise the iron from falling over touched the iron and died on the spot Very tragic end to that Hachnosus Safer Torah um, But so the so what did Dovid do wrong? So the mirror says that Dovid compared to to the Torah he said that his Tehillim should be like the, like the learning of Torah what's be the connected what's the connection tehillim, the to Torah so yeah song is an external manifestation of song is all about the outer it's a way to bring out it's a way to reveal it's it's outside. In fact sometimes um, the learning of Torah, certain aspects of learning of Torah can even be referred to as a song. Like Chazal uh, Hazal Gimor Brocha says, ain't uh, Rina based on the Pasuk, So Rina Mokam Rina where's Mokam Rina the place of song, That's the that's the basic where the where the children learn chumash. That's the way they used to teach children. They just chant them out loud. That's how you. That's how you memorize. Right? It's by, it's by singing. People know songs very well. People know, you know, people that are convinced that they can't learn one perk of Mishnah is, the same guy knows fifty songs off by heart easily, right? Because the answer is that uh, songs uh, you remember songs. So, so the point is so that David compared the Torah. Which is really the Iker of the Torah, is the Primius, is the transcendence, the part that's not in the words and not in the. Uh, he compared his songs to, to the Torah. He asked that, his, that they should be like this. Because that he was punished with the making the mistake of confusing the Arna Kodesh with the Krusham and the, and the, and the Urios, with the beams and the tapestries. And, and, and transporting it, then the is the way that the chitsonius of the mishkan, the externality of the mishkan, it's okay to transport on, on the wagon. He tried to transport that way the Kodesh. The okay, that was the that was the mistake of David. So me the that was the mistake he made. It was punished for it. Of the yeah, of the transcendence. The part is that. It's beyond so the part that happens on the inside of the person so long as what happens on the outside of the person that the this was like a tremendously festive event he's bringing the arna kodesh to Yerushalayim this is like the crowning achievement of his of his kingship instead one of his close friends dies and there's a whole tragedy and they didn't bring our in a collision to your slime they like um, parked it somewhere nearby in Sheldon someone's used house he, he died. yeah, yeah. Um, 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 so it somewhat balances it out. The Aaron the is no says no self. The Aaron carries its carriers. It doesn't need anyone to protect it. It protects you. So it shouldn't have tried to? That's right. Oh, okay. that destroys that Aaron. To lay your hands on the Aaron the Um, Okay. In fact, you should know that the yeah, vessels were, were so holy. Yeah. The Maybe you remember this. Oh. Uh, we did a Guru together not long ago. We to to where we saw that the kalim were so holy that well, there's a tremendous amount of Levim dying on a regular basis from carrying them. Do you remember where that was? When Levi is named, Parsif say Levi is named, so over there, the way he is named is unusual you look at Rashi, or the that every shaved by by where it says, and and this is the whatever is the and, and this is the tribe of Levi, or whatever. This is the tribe of Yehuda. So it, it became a huge tribe, and that was like the thing. Like, you know, is this massive tribe that everyone knows about. Like, this is them. This is how they got their name. It says that way about Levi, but Levi wasn't a big tribe. So why were they not a big tribe? Because they were constantly being cut down by the army. Because you misstep with the iron, you touch the and you're carrying it. You see the kalim in, in an incorrect way when they're not yet wrapped or whatever it is. So it's dangerous job. Very dangerous job. It's a Mephorsh it's It says the Kohanim should make sure to wrap the vessels in three layers of wrapping before the Levim come to take him, lest the Levim die. So, it's, so it's, it's hard to the Kohanim. Um, it's a good question. Well, the Kohanim didn't have to... Well, the the vessels when they're in their place, it's it's appropriate. So it's, it's interesting. Right? That might work for shabbos. Doing it in a weird way. It's it's when they're uh, but, um, you, it's the, there. It's uh, it's it's appropriate to touch the vessels. They're supposed to be touched when they're inside the mishkan. It's when they're being transported. Maybe in that case? The, then uh, it's like. Um, well, maybe. 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 Inappropriate relationship, uh, yeah. but uh, we have to. We we'll have to, for sure. We have to sideline that because we have to keep going. But maybe we will get to talk. It's it's a uh, has to do with Buzal and Moshe with the, with what should be built first, the Mishkan or the, the Kalim, We'll talk about it then. Okay, when basal quote unquote corrects Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, but what should be built first? You remind me then. We'll talk about it. Okay? Rashi, Gur Ayn Okay. Um, Fine. So, so in other words, this is the um, this is so the suggesting that the entire thing should be transported in the aggulos. So, um, Hashem says the chitzonius can be transported in the aggulos, but not the pumonius. That's the nothing, that's what Hashem says to motion. It now, matter. you just continue continue listening, right? The Egypt is called. But wait, wait. Uh, as Josh pointed out, not only are wagons so called agullus, so. So a gullus, but a calf way. is called an eagle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has what to do the with the fact that what, what is it, what it cows or calves or whatever it is pull wagons, right? That's. Um, right. Right. Um, but so, so calves are called so it's, uh, it's, it's, an uh, eagle. Now, Egyptian, the uh, Egyptians, the passage says, Yophe, uh, a, a beautiful calf is Egypt. Yeah. A beautiful calf of beauty is, is Egypt. Yeah. A, a beauty is, is Egypt. Right. So Egypt is called a beautiful calf. Okay. Why is Egypt called called an eagle? We said before, eagle represents what? Right, and no need for any outside involvement, any outside help, so right? Exactly, right? Exactly. Right. exactly. It's very, it's very, work. very good. This, this, this every year it floods now, floods every year, irrigates your land for you, fertilizes land for you, and unlike yeah. with the no, this beautiful Kliakar, I'm sure other than Varsham as well, uh, that say that when cause are coming that's into that's Israel, that's we're we're told about, Listen, it's gonna be different here. You have to give you, you have to give uh, Truman some icers, and I will bring down the rain. Because Airs Israel is a um, hill is, is hills and mountains. So hills and mountains, you can't water them the way that you water things in Egypt. By you simply setting up irrigation canals from the Nile, the Nile raises up, you get water to going out to all your canals and irrigates all your fields. Right? You can't get that. When it's a hilly area, what's the only way to water those areas? Rain. Rain. I mean, you could do it by foot, but that would be very hard, right? Schlepping buckets of water. Around. So, so, you need, so you need rain. So, that's the, so in the areas of Israel, we're constantly recognizing Hashem as the one who gives rain. But in Mitzrayim, it's, a, it's an eagle, it's a calf, from the nature of a Gola because it's so focused on nature, that's why it's a, it's a narrow world. It's Mitzrayim. It's Sar. All they see is is nature. Not, there's nothing uh, nothing uh, to look beyond that. Of course, Klausel made the eagle when we left Mitzrayim, and we're without Moshe Rabbeinu made the eagle, etc. Okay, those are just more connections. Yeah. Um, now, back to Yosef <laughs> Azayd. So Joseph Azayd learned the sugia with his father of the Agolos of Nisim before they left. And after 22 years of of sweating and working and trying to understand, he sends to his father a message: "I've got the sugia figured out." In other words, it's Sandwiches, his entire absence hmm. symbolizing that his absence, his being away, he was working on gaining mastery over the agalos. In other words, how am I going to get, what does he end up doing? He ends up being able to bring his father down to Egypt on what? On the agalos. So his father Yaakov, like we've said many times, the Yaakov, vaya beis Yaakov, Aish, base beis Yosef Lahava, right? Yaakov is the source. Yaakov is the transcendency. Yosef is the expression into this world. Yosef is the, is 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 the externality of Yaakov. Elo told us Yaakov Yosef, right? Raish right? says Yosef. Was Ben Zikunim of Yaakov? He was Yaakov taught him his wisdom. Uh, the thing, the events that happened to Yaakov happened to Yosef. He's the external externality of Yaakov. So it's like the Mishka with the internality, externality, right? So Yosef is saying, I have the power over the Aggulos. I rule over the Aggulos, and I can bring you down to Egypt. You, you can be transported. Through, your power can come out that way through me. That's, the, uh, that's, and that's why Yaakov's spirit was revived. He understood that the whole time I've been worrying what's with my son Yosef, and the whole time Hashem has been involved in making these things work out. There should be a natural way to bring out my spirituality into the world. We went out to Egypt, it's a very fertile land. There's everything that happened. In the end, we have a nation of Kalashal that should been run by Hashem through nature in the shrine. that's the. Uh, yeah, that's another way of sharing uh, and now, to bring it back the to Hanukkah, the <coughs> so just to we have uh, the Sechah um, Sofram says that it's brought in the halacha yeah. that, that ideally, when a person places his his eyes, uh, Hanukkah um, lamp outside his front door, which is the okay. ideal way to do things, the Gemara uh, and Shabbos and Amud, sure. we'll uh, Amut base, very good, Charlie. Okay. I read it. Actually, yeah. I oh, it. Yeah. very good. Okay. So the ideal place to, to put your Hanukkah lamps is outside your front door. But the Mesachite Sofram says specifically where outside the front door? What? On the opposite the mezuzah. Opposite the mezuzah, very good so so the mezuzah when you're coming into the house on the right so then the hanukkah lands will be on the left okay. so uh, yeah. do the paul Shir Shirim says my office yeah. so, uh, how beautiful are you and how pleasant are you okay so what is the difference between beauty and pleasantness beauty this is uh um, mm-hmm. Roboche explains that beauty is uh a transcendency the truth is the morale talks about it a number of places as well that beauty has to do a transcendency. What we think is beautiful you know, we we live in a world uh sticks, mud stones, right, they're all either gray or brown, right, uh, all of a sudden, and they're all opaque, of course, right, and all of a sudden you find uh, a diamond or you find a, you know, um, a sapphire and it's, and it's transparent and it's shiny and it's sparkly and it's, uh, and it's a, a color that's not to be found in this world, that's, that's beautiful. Right, so beauty speaks to transcendency. Pleasant speaks to something that others can connect to. Right, in fact, in fact, to a certain extent, sometimes something very beautiful can be almost people are afraid to touch it, or or even to approach it, or uh, or you to look at it. Right, whereas something people find pleasant is something that they. Uh, that, that they they can easily connect to, so so the um, so I'll say that the mezuzah we know is like a guard, like the famous story with uh, with Unclos Agir that he t- t- told told the Roman soldiers that you see that the king himself stands here on on my entryway to my to my house protecting that nobody should come in. So the mezuzah is a symbolism of separating off the house from the, from the outside. And it's, it's on the right side, because as you come into the house, the mezuzah is on the right, you're going from the street into the Rishush from the Rishush arabim into the Rishush Okay. The, the Hanukkah lamps are the opposite. They're the noamt, they're the pleasant. They're positioned to the right of the door as you go out from the house into the Rosh Hashanah, they're shining the light Meaning out into the one, street to be seen out there. In the says no coming in here. This is a special place. You can't just come in here. And the Hanukkah lamps say there's what to be there's what to be seen out there. there's. there's some of yeah. this awesomeness that's happening inside of this Rushusa Yachid is relevant out there in the rishus Rabbim. Now, what's the ideal height for your Hanukkah candles? Anyone know? <inaudible> what? <inaudible> below ten tefachim. Right. Above three tefachim, because uh, if, if it's below three tefachim, it's on the ground. It should be off the ground, but below ten tefachim, ideally. It's a. It's, it's a. If you can't, then, then you can't, and, you know, that... You still look at Hila the other way, but what? Point, the, uh, no, so the point being that that way, so according to what we're saying, is you're looking to relate to the Rishus you're looking to relate to these agolus, to the, to the, uh, to nature, down to down to the world of nature, down to the world of physicality, of, of, of uh, where everyone is uh, doing their own thing and 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 there's no bala and you want to shine that light even into there um, so that's the so that's why we lay, the partial of the of the Nisim bringing the carbon of the Agolus during Hanukkah because the the message is we can bring the Kedusha, some of the Kedusha, not the previous of the Kedusha. We spoke about this Shabbos, Hanukkah as well. We spoke about the, the Nehros of Shabbos, Nehros of Shalombais. inside the house. And those are meant to be benefited from, those are meant to be looked at and, and, and used for lighting. Right? And then... You have the other candles, the Hanukkah candles, outside, oh, okay. illuminating to the outside world, and they're so to speak taking that kedusha that you have inside, and shining some of that out. Now it's not going to be the full kedusha, inside you have the Kaleb. you have the you have the mama, the real kedusha, in there, but at least some of it, at least the. At least the outside, the sonius of the the Krusham and the and the urius, those can be out there on the agals in the rishas harabbi. Um, to touched? I uh, mean, uh, to be touched to be, nana. Nana. To be utilized, but outside So we know, we, we know the halacha is uh, lehenos mehem, You're not allowed to benefit from them. Because the point is, it's not for your personal use. It's just to uh, 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 change the world. It's to illuminate the the world, the street, right? Not in the illuminate. When somebody comes along and uses it, it's it's a balbachira using the using the lamps of Hanukkah for for personal, unique use. Here, this is this is It's just that it should be out there. Not doing anything particular, right? Not being uh, used by anyone for anything, but just to be in the world. Just like when the Mishka was traveling also, it wasn't accomplishing anything. It, wasn't, it was just, it was on top of the goals. That's that's where it was. That's, uh, okay, we have a whole other page that we are hoping to cover. Sounds like anti-Semitism. No, it, it looks like it's to our detriment, but it's really to their detriment because the light doesn't go on the outside anymore, it stays inside. Sure, of course, yeah, 100%. Any of order that we do is 100% for their benefit, even more so than for ours because we either way we're connected, but them it's a, it's a disaster. Yeah. So, you're saying that when they may when we are forced to. Bring our uh, Hanukkah lamps inside, so then there's there's that loss. Yep, and uh, yeah. Currently, the mishkan is nignus. Currently, the mishkan is uh, stored away. Uh, they, they do. Oh, yeah, but, 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 but what do they do for their mitzvah? That's just, that's everything. So it's like it's not, they're doing it, it's not, they're not doing it as a bar with mitzvah. It's like it's something else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like, uh, there's, no, there's no, you can't put your, uh, you can't put your Hanukkah candles on top of your car. That's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually light behind the door. Right. No, I know, I can no. see that. Which is very ironic because the, the lighting inside, because clearly, Genshah Sakama, and then they go and they light a right, like 50, <laughs> 50 like foot tall menorah. Out, no? Yeah, okay. So, so, yeah, at the end me. In terms of like the so Hash takeaway of this, if someone's living just we're in, we're in a Froom community, is there an idea yeah. of yeah. broadcasting the light of the inside to the Jews? Into the Jews yeah. Even if you're just surrounded yeah. by Froom Jews all the time? If the Froom Jews the U.S. were surrounded by, all lived in one house, and there was no Rishush HaRabim out there, that maybe would be a different story. Okay, but let's say, just for a hypothetical, it was a, commu- it was a community with many houses, but just only from Jews. It doesn't so make it so a difference. It's still Rishush HaRabim. The, 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 well, the job that the we're doing that is account. to put some of the Rishush HaYoched into the Rishush HaRabim. Rishush HaRabim just means things outside of our private domain. Does right. Private, right. like our own house, not our community. Exactly.